0: It. <laughs> uh, thanks to thanks that beautiful rendition uh, of uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. As we go into the new year, I've uh, mentioned that we have an acrostic faith, and so did Joel, F A I T H. And uh, each of these letters stand for something. And these are the character qualities. These are some important character qualities that God is looking for. So, for example, faithful. Available, initiative, teachable, and heart. And uh, we also have something called a social covenant. This informs how we would like our church here to interact. We're going to be talking about these as we go along in the new year. So today, to start us all off, we have one of our elders and, and good brother and musician, everything, basically. He's everything. He's everywhere, he's everywhere. Daniel Miyamoto, to start us off with a message on... Faithfulness. Let's welcome Daniel. You got to be kind of old to know that I was from Chicken Man. He's everywhere, he's everywhere. From <laughs> Aku hit Pupule early in the morning, right? I mean, all the young guys, what is that? <laughs> it's like, <clears throat> yeah, good, good to be here. And, um, Nice to see Rick again. You know, I, I got to stay at his house one time when you and Scott Shimada were living together, right? Long, long time ago. I had to bowl a tournament in the Bay Area, and they were kind enough to put me up for a week. So I stayed there. I would go back and forth to the bowling alley to go practice and so forth. But I got to go there, and they were really gracious hosts. I got to go to the San Lorenzo Church and see Scott Shimada speak. It was, it was um, nice, but it was the, my experience, first experience of not being actually near that near the water, but it was really cold. Was, it was 50-something degrees at night, and I, I didn't bring clothes for that. <laughs> so I, was, I just put my jacket on and kind of my long pants and kind of shivered. But, <clears throat> but thank you for putting, putting me up. I really appreciate that. <clears throat> so the faithful disciple <clears throat> is what we're going to be talking about. Um, you know, that, that acronym used to be a disciple needs to be faithful, available, and teachable. So uh, you have to be a fat disciple, right? <clears throat> so somebody got this idea that, you know, that's not such a nice word. Let's, use, let's add some stuff to make a word different. So they, put, they made it faith. So now it's faithful, available, takes initiative, <clears throat> uh, teachable, and has a heart for God, yeah? So those are the things that a faith <clears throat> a disciple is. And so that's what we're going to be um, talking about for the first five weeks. <clears throat> and I have... Uh, The first one, faithful. Now, last year I did like I counted them. I did like ten funerals last year, as far as playing music. I had to play music for like about ten funerals, and it's interesting when you go to funerals. You kind of hear you hear what the people have done through their lives, right? And it's like it's it's kind of fascinating because people. We had people who were artists. We had people who were uh, uh, managers. There were people who were business people, managers. Um, they all kinds of things. There were people who were World, World War II veterans, hundred battalion and stuff, and you know all these things you find out about people. <coughs> and it's it's you see the family fondly remembering the things that they liked to do, and pra- praising the dearly departed for the things that they did, their kindness and the love that they showed while they were while they were alive. <coughs> but doing funerals has always made me wonder what it would be like, how I would like to be remembered <coughs> at my funeral. How would I like to have people talk about me? <clears throat> and I'm reminded of the, uh, the, uh, the passage, the parable of the talents, because this is used a lot of times in funerals. When you have a faithful uh, person who has passed away, they use this because uh, what it was was the talents, the person with 10 talents, 5 talents, 1 talent. And if they doubled it, then the master came back and said, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's what we were, <clears throat> they were, we were looking for. When we pass away, we want our master, Jesus Christ, to tell us, well done, good and faithful servant, okay? But in order to do that, <coughs> good and faithful servant, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. So let's take, <coughs> let's take a second to pray, and then we'll get into it. What is a faithful servant or faithful disciple of Jesus? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you <coughs> for this time we can come together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for the wonderful worship we had. Thank you for the prayers that have been lifted up, Lord. We pray that your spirit will continue to be here and guide us as we, are op- as we open our hearts to you. We pray that you will fill us with what you need to fill us with so we, we may leave here not the same as when we first came in, that we will leave here changed so that we will be a better disciple, a faithful disciple. For you, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You have to excuse me; I have a, <clears throat> I have a cold <clears throat> that I've been fighting all this time, trying to figure out this message. <clears throat>. This message is: um, if you went to our leadership um, small group, our leadership small group <clears throat> had a talk by Jimmy Evans that was called "A Leader Is Faithful." So I, I took a lot of the stuff um, that he was. Um, talking about in that message. Okay, so some of the the references are going to come from him. But the verse that we want to take a look at is 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 7. So let me read this, okay? "'You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable or faithful people who will also be qualified to teach others.' Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Next. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this, <clears throat> okay? So now, what is happening here is Paul is, he's training Timothy as far as who he, entrust this truth that I gave you. Entrust these truths to people, and I'm going to tell you what kind of people that you're going to entrust them to. And I want you to entrust them to faithful, reliable people, okay? That's what's important. It's interesting that he doesn't say, Entrust this to talented people. Entrust this to people who are gifted, gifted speakers. He doesn't say that. He says, entrust that, these truths that I've given you to faithful people. That is, the, that what, it, is what he's trying to tell. Why? <clears throat> Why is it important for it to be faithful people? And it's because of this. If you're not faithful, then it doesn't matter what else you are because you're not going to complete the task. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. You're not going to complete the task if you are not faithful. The word faithful um, in the Greek is the word pistos, P I S T O S, and it means to be loyal, trustworthy, worthy of belief or confidence, constant, true, devoted, true blue, true hearted, reliable. I added some some other words <clears throat> that it was in, okay? So, if even Jesus, when he when he um, uh, picked his apostles, right? When he picked his disciples, he picked 12. One of them, of course, was Judas who fell away, but the other 11 were totally faithful to him to the point of death, right? John was the only one who didn't pass away due to some sort of a martyring, <clears throat> right? The, uh, the other 10 died a martyr's death, so it was to They were faithful to death. Jesus picked faithfulness. And the thing is, he didn't pick people who were talented, educated, or whatnot. In Acts 4.13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Okay, so these are the guys that um, uh, Jesus had picked. Follow him and they realize these guys they're not not trained, they're not seminary trained, they're not they're not Pharisees, they're not these kinds of guys. These are, but they were faithful though, right? And they marveled at how these guys have been, because they've been with Jesus. Okay? So remember, if a disciple is not faithful, it doesn't matter what else they are, yeah, because they're not gonna finish the task, they're not gonna finish what they were there to do. Okay, if you are a faithful person, God can use you. Now, there are three foundations for faithfulness in this, in this passage, okay? First foundation for faith, this is like a sub sub-character, characteristics of a faithful uh, servant, okay? Faithful disciple is willing to suffer for Christ. And, let's take a look at 2 Timothy 2, 2-3, they, just the two verses from from that first passage, yeah? And the things that you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Okay, <clears throat> now he talks about a soldier. How ridiculous would be a soldier, soldier to say, you know what, I'm going to sign up for the army, but I don't want to suffer. <laughs> How ridiculous would that be, right? It's like, I, you know, I don't want to have a hard time. I don't have to want to get up four o'clock in the morning. I don't want to have to... Um, go of days when rations, right I want to be able to eat good, I want to be able to be comfortable and so no that 's ridiculous. <clears throat> but unfortunately, some of us uh, think that that 's what it 's going to be, so the expectations are unrealistic, <clears throat> okay <clears throat> So what is it to suffer though? <clears throat> some of those things are things that we go through and so forth, <clears throat> but this is one way that we suffer, and that is to not be of the world. Okay? To not be of the world is, is one way that we suffer. <clears throat> if we look at first John two, fifteen through seventeen, <clears throat> this is what John says. <clears throat> Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love the love of the Father, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Okay, so lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, those things. Um, Jimmy Evans puts it this way, lust of the flesh, things that feel good, lust of the eyes, things that look good, pride of life, things that make you somebody. Okay, so it's like, if you live to feel good, look good, or be somebody, And that's what you live for. You cannot be a faithful follower of Christ, right? It's not going to be the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lasts forever, right? So the faithful person isn't living to look good, feel good, or be somebody. Rather, they're living to glorify Christ, Christ Jesus, and to advance the kingdom. Uh, Faithful people who suffer. Faithful people also who suffer. They have a covenant mindset. <clears throat> this is the next point about uh, having a the mindset of Christ. <clears throat> covenant. Um, covenant is a permanent sacrificial relationship. Okay? <clears throat> Hebrews, 11, Hebrews 13 verses 4 to 5 talks about marriage, and it talks about a covenant, <clears throat> the marriage covenant, but it also talks about what God says. This is what the verse says: Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Okay? And that's the reason why we can do what we do because God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. In other words, I will never physically leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not turn away from you. For the beginning, when we become believers, that's what he tells us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And he says, that is the basis of your marriage. He says, keep, <clears throat> keep the marriage bed pure, for God will, just, <clears throat> will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free of the love of money and be content with what you have. Okay, so he said, in the, so the context is a marriage bed, right? So in other words, because somebody else, you have a fight with your, your wife or your, your spouse, your husband, you don't go out shopping right? The covenant mindset says, I'm going to stay. I'm going to suffer through whatever problems that we have, and I will stay. And that is the covenant mindset, because when we marry, we say covenant vows. What are the covenant vows that we say when we get married, right? For better or for worse, for rich or for poor, and what's the last one? Sickness and health. Yeah, we know them, right? We know them. Why is that? Because we say when we're gonna get married, we're gonna we're gonna stay through it. I'm gonna stick with it, okay? I'm gonna suffer. I'm going to be someone who suffers at times um, through the through the marriage, right? I mean, I know there's that joke, right, about the engagement ring, wedding ring, and then the last thing is a suffering, right? <laughs> I know that there's that joke about marriage, right? But it's you know, but it's true. We do suffer. We do have difficult times when we get married. If we don't, and if we don't expect difficult times, we're going to be very disappointed. Okay. So faithful people who suffer have covenant mindset. Now this is a story that Jimmy Evans told about a pastor named Brady Boyd, and this is him. He was an up-and-coming pastor at <clears throat> Gateway Church. And he said, <clears throat> he, he went to the pastors and the elders and said, you know what, I think God is putting on my heart that I want to be a lead pastor, a head pastor of a church. <clears throat> and so they said, yeah, fine, that's good. If something comes up, then we'll let's talk about it and so forth. He said, yeah, I don't want to go unless I, don't have, uh, unless I have the blessing of the elders and the pastors. <clears throat> and so something um, some years ago, the hymn conference had a pastor come to speak. That pastor's church was New Life, New Life Church. The following year, after he came here to the hymn conference to speak, uh, the scandal broke out, a sexual scandal that he had hired somebody for for sexual advances or whatever. So that church was looking for a pastor. They called Jimmy Evans. Would you be interested in coming to our church? He says, no, I'm Happy where I am. God has put me here for a reason. I'm gonna be here for life. <clears throat> they said, Well, do you know anybody else? They said, Well, yeah, Brady Boyd. He wants to be a lead pastor. And so, <clears throat> um, you know, why don't we talk to him? And he's a good friend of mine. He's very very good pastor, up-and-coming leader, and so forth. So <clears throat> the leadership uh, gave him the, gave Brady his blessings and their blessings, and they went to the church. And you're like <clears throat> now it's a very difficult situation, as you can imagine. The church is just in chaos because of this scandal. <clears throat> and in fact, the following year, somebody from their church came to the hymn conference and talked about that a little bit. He talked about how bad the scandal was and what the things that they were doing to try and uh, kind <clears> of <throat> um, get back on solid ground again. It was a very difficult situation. So <clears throat> over the years, Jimmy Evans kept apologizing to Brady over and over saying, I'm sorry for putting you in this bad situation, right? He suggested Brady. <clears throat> but <clears throat> several years into that, an armed gunman came, went to the parking lot, shot two girls and a father in a car. He had 3,000 rounds of ammunition. This was at New Life Church. 3,000 rounds of ammunition. He went into the church. He shot up the the church. Jimmy Evans said he went the next day. It looked like it was a war zone. Uh, My understanding is five ultimately died, the two girls in the parking lot and maybe three more people. On top of the scandal... Now he's dealing with this, okay? <clears throat> Brady Boyd is dealing with this. It's like people are saying things. This church is cursed. We're not going to be able to do anything here. This place should be made a parking lot, yeah? People are saying, we're cursed. What are we doing here? And he's, he's fighting all of this. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so one day, um, Jimmy Evans gets up and he prays and he he, um, he feels a prompting from the Holy Spirit to call Brady um, because uh, he felt like Brady was, going, was ready, ready to leave the church. So he calls Brady Boyd talks to him. <clears throat> and Brady says, well, I don't know where you heard that from, but yes, it's already decided I'm going to leave. It's, I can't do this. There's no way I can finish this. <clears throat> it's just an impossible situation for me to help. And what Jimmy Evans told him was that... <clears throat> This is what I think, I want you to consider this. In your mind, you're thinking that if I had gone to another church in Texas, if I had gone to this church, this church, this church, that I wouldn't have had to fight Goliath. But he says, you're deceived. Wherever you go, Goliath is going to show up. I think God wants you to stay, but consider that before you make your decision to leave. And so Brady Boyd, after thinking about it, praying about it, decided to stay. And that church is like 20,000 people now. It's growing. It's a huge church. And it's because Brady Boyd was faithful. He was faithful to his cause. <clears throat> but a question that I have for some of, some of us, because I've seen this in our churches and our conference and so forth, yeah? is like, what is your Goliath? What keeps you from being faithful? A Goliath can be a lot of things. It could be a fear. It could be a fear of uh, failure. Yeah. So you go so far, and then you pull back and quit. You go so far, and you pull back and quit. It could be a, a fear of conflict, healthy conflict, a fear of conflict, and you say, oh, there's conflict here. No, I'm going to back off. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. It could be a lot of things. It could be maybe an attitude that, that's in me. Maybe I have this uh, resistance to authority, yeah? an attitude problem or so forth. Yeah? Well, what is your Goliath? Do you have a Goliath that keeps you from being faithful? that makes you jump around and not complete your task. Goliath is portable. <clears throat> he can move with you. And I've seen pastors, I've seen uh, congregants move, and I've seen Goliath move with them as I follow their lives. And so God says, you know, you might as well kill him right now because he's going to follow you wherever you go. <clears throat> and that's what Jimmy Evans' message to Brady Boyd. And I think it, it merits us thinking about that. What are the things that keep us from being faithful? What are the things in our lives, the Goliaths in our lives, that <clears throat> keep us from being faithful? And are we willing to stand and say, you know what, no farther. This is where it ends. I'm going, <clears throat> I'm going to fight him. I'm going to kill him right now. <clears throat> okay. Um, okay, point two, that was suffering. <clears throat> that was suffering. So, a faithful disciple is willing to suffer. Second, a faithful disciple is willing to play by the rules or submit to authority. Okay? So, this is the uh, verses 4 and 5 of that passage. No one is serving as a soldier, gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except as a, oh, uh, Except by competing according to the rules. So, Paul is telling Timothy to find people who are submitting to the rules, or basically submitting to the leadership kind of thing. He says, Don't find rebels. Yeah, you gotta, don't don't look for rebels. Look for people who are willing to submit to authority. Submissions to authority means staying, of course, even when I don't agree. And why is this important? This is why why it's important. I don't know everything. So when God tells me something, that's guaranteed He's gonna show me some tell me to do something that I don't wanna do. Okay? Well I don't think makes sense. It's guaranteed if God is God and I'm me and I'm imperfect, guaranteed God's gonna tell me to do something that I don't agree with. Well I don't, you know, kind of thing, right? That's guaranteed. But if I cannot do that with my earthly leadership, what says that I can do it with God, right? So that's why it's important for us to be able to submit to authority. It's important for us to be able to submit to authority and to see, you know, I don't know. what I mean, I'm not not talking about uh, unbiblical things, right? If somebody tells you to do something unbiblical, well, yeah, you don't want to do that, okay? But as far as submitting, when I don't agree as to the path, um, that they're taking and so forth, well, we need to be able to submit even though we don't agree. Um, I've, I mentioned this before, that Josh McDowell said the most important thing he learned went from his mission trip to South America, uh, Josh McDowell wrote the book, um, uh, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, and he said, uh, most important lesson I learned was learning to submit to something even though I didn't agree it was the best way to do it. And he's a hard-headed guy, But he said that was the most important lesson that he learned, okay? Now, let's give two examples of submission. Two examples of submission here are Judas versus Jesus, okay? Uh, John 14, 4 and 6, this is Judas. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, as keeper of the money bag, he used to keep, help himself to what was put into it. Okay, so someone comes in, has, it's, a, it's a year's wages. You know, is what's that going to be, $50,000, $75,000, something like that? Yeah, year's wages worth of perfume. And she, she not only poured out on he broke the thing, and it's like, it's, you, cannot use, you cannot just use a little bit, right? <laughs> you use the whole thing. And he didn't, she, he didn't agree with the finances. He didn't agree with Jesus' handling of finances. What a waste. How many, how many times have you heard that in the church? right? What a waste of money. Or we should be spending money on this. We've heard that before. Right? So he's the, he's the, Judas is the same way. He says, I don't agree with that. And that was the point at which he decided to betray Jesus. He didn't remain faithful because he couldn't agree with authority at that point. <clears throat> Versus Jesus here. <clears throat> in Luke 22, verses 41 41 to 44, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Now, before this, Jesus um, said, said, you know, very truly I tell you in John 5, 19, very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing By himself, he can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. So he's only doing what his father... But he doesn't want to do this. He keeps praying. He keeps coming back to God three times. You know, God, I really don't want to do this. Is there another way? To the point where he's sweating blood. But he was faithful, and he submitted to authority. And I'm glad he did, otherwise we wouldn't have a Savior right now. We wouldn't be here right now. We we don't have a Savior who gave his life for us, but he was faithful even though he didn't want to do what was asked of him, okay? And that is, that is the point of submission, why it's important for us to be able to submit even when we don't agree. It's not submission if you only submit when you agree. Submission means submission when you don't agree, yeah? That is what submission is, okay? um, Let me speed up a little bit here. Okay, third point, the faithful disciples is willing to delay gratification. <clears throat> uh, verse 6 of 2 Timothy says, The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Okay? Proverbs 28.20 says, A faithful person will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Okay, so it makes sense because the farmers work hard uh, to get a ha- harvest, right? They should get the first thing of the cross, but what did they do to get there, right? They should get the first cross, but what did they do to get there? Right? They work for months before they see, you know, the fruit of their labor, right? So, a faithful disciple is willing to delay gratification. Our current culture is very different. What is that delayed gratification? You know, the first guitar I had was a used guitar that I bought from this guitar shop on Wildlife Avenue, and I had no money. I was in college. So, I did what was called a layaway plan. Does any… Folks remember that, right? So, every paycheck, I mean, I'm working just part-time, right, because I'm going to school. Every, my paycheck, $25 a month I'm giving this guy until I can pay off the $300 to finally get my own guitar, right, instead of borrowing somebody's guitar. But that's, that doesn't happen today. Um, Simon Sinek, who is a, he's a leadership guru who does a lot of TED Talks, he t- talks about millennials and he says, unfortunately, the culture that the younger people are brought up in, it, it encourages, um, he says, not... Um, entitlement. He says, people say that they're entitled. Simon Sinek says, I would call it more impatient because they don't know what it's like to wait for something. They're very impatient, so they want things now. And the culture that we have says, get it now, credit cards and all this kind of stuff, yeah? So, the thing is, unfaithful people demand immediate gratification and will quit if they don't get what they want immediately, okay? Not, del- not delaying gratification encourages debt and robs the joy of owning. So even though you're happy that you have this thing, you have this thing in the back of your mind, gee, I owe money on this, right? I owe money on that. So it robs the joy of <clears throat> being able to own. Proverbs 22.7 says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower's servant of the lender, okay? Delayed gratification affects marriages and relationships. <clears> Our <throat> marriages and relationships are based on delayed gratification, okay? Linda Waite, the universe, uh, she's a professor at the University of Chicago, <clears throat> wrote a book called The Case for Marriage. She did, a five, she did a five-year study. Studying people who they said were, who rated their marriages as very unhappy <clears throat> at the beginning of the five years, okay? After five years, pe- <clears throat> the people reported back and 70 percent of those people who said that their marriages were unhappy, very unhappy, very unsatisfactory 70 percent of them said that their marriages were very happy, five years later. And the greatest turnaround was those from the, those who were the unhappiest couples. And all, all they did was stay. They stuck it out. I mean, they, they might have done things like go to counseling and so forth, but they stayed. They stuck it out. OK? And so she talks, about, she talks about that as far as marriage. How many times do you think maybe that happens in other relationships where we don't stick it out, we're not willing to stick it out, and we, we miss out just because we didn't stay? Yeah? <clears throat> Good marriages don't come from two compatible people marrying and living happily ever, ever after, according to Jimmy Evans. <clears throat> Best marriages are two opposite people who go through hell together but stay and come out best friends and enter your promised land together. Okay? Now, as we, we've talked about these three things that um, are subcategories sub, uh, of uh, characteristics of faithful people, I thought, what keeps, <clears throat> but what is it that keeps us faithful? Doing all these things keeps us faithful. What, what is it that will help us to kind of get, put all of that together? <clears throat> and... Um, I was listening to one of Simon Sinek's talks, and he talked about finding your why, that the why is important because the why is that center of your brain that makes decisions. The information part of your brain is not the the part of your brain that makes decisions. So when you advertise, you advertise towards the why. You don't advertise towards the what. So you don't advertise towards, like, this computer does this, 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 and this. You advertise towards the why you need this, 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 and this. Yeah, kinda thing. And so I thought about what is our why? Because if we don't have that why within us, we won't be faithful. What is the why for us that's gonna keep us from being distracted? The rules that we need to follow may seem unnecessary, hoops that we need to jump through, we'll be distracted by the sufferings in life, and it's gonna be easy to be impatient with people and to not delay gratification. To say, I give up, it's easy to get disappointed, especially in people, and to say, these people don't deserve my help anymore. I quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. Okay. It kind of reminded me of this clip that we're going <clears> to <throat> see from Wonder Woman. Now, Wonder Woman, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to set this up. I love this movie. <clears throat> okay, let me set this up. Okay, World War I. <clears throat> A, tri- a spy named Trevor, Steve Trevor came into Wonder Woman's world. It's a separate world, yeah? And some- somehow there's this, this thing, this le- like this gate where he's- he entered in. And she found out that there's this World War I. She says, oh, if this war must be done by the god of war, Ares. If I go into your world and if I kill Ares, then the fighting will stop. <clears throat> so she went there. <clears throat> and to the question of the movie, she finds out that there's this guy who is conspiring with this lady, and you're going to see her in the, in the clip also, to, do the, to create these chemical weapons, these really terrible chemical weapons that kill thousands of people at a time. So, so she finds this guy and kills him, and looks around, and the war is still going on. And she says, what happened? I did what I was supposed to do. Ares is dead. And so Steve Trevor comes and he says, you know, you we, we have to help us. We're going to, we have to try and destroy these chemical weapons. And he says, I, I don't understand. It's like, why, why are they doing this? It's like, I don't know. Steve Trevor says, maybe Aries or no Aries, and for us, devil or no, no devil, maybe we're just evil people. Maybe some of us are just not good. He says, no, that can't be. My mother, she says, my mother is right. You don't deserve our help. And he says, maybe, maybe we don't deserve it. But it's not about what we deserve. It's about what you believe. It's about what you believe. And so at this point, she backs off and she finds the real Ares, who is this old man with a cane, right? This old man with a cane. It's like you wouldn't expect this guy to be the god of war, but he was there all the time, right? And she meets Ares and starts to fight with him. But in the meantime, Steve Trevor had gotten into the plane, packed with those chemical weapons, and he was going to go up and blow them up. So let's take a look at this clip right here. example of these humans and unworthy of your sympathy in every way destroy her Diana you know that she deserves it they all do It has to be me. It has to be me. I can save today. You could save the world. I wish we had more time. What? What are you saying? I love you. About them, they're everything you say, but so much more. Oh! It's not about deserve, it's about what you believe, and I believe in love. Disillusionment ended when she found her why. She found her why and she became, she once again came back on track and was faithful to her mission. What is our why? She said her why is love. What are our core beliefs? What is our why as Christians? Our core belief is summed up in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loved me, gave his son Jesus, and saved me so I can have eternal life. I just I want to share this with somebody else. That's, the core, that's at the core of what we believe, and we need to have that as the core in our belief in order to be faithful. I'd like to call up the band as I conclude uh, the message <clears throat> by saying, those of you who haven't accepted Christ Jesus and become a believer yet, I want to tell you that God loves you. He gave His most precious Son so you could be saved and live internally with Him. If you make this decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, God will tell you, I will never leave you or forsake you. He's made a new covenant with us and He's faithful no matter what. Let's bow our heads at this time. If there's anyone who wants to, has not made this decision to uh, accept Christ into your life. and you want to do that now, just go ahead and raise your hand, and we can pray together. Okay. For the rest of us who have already made this decision to accept Jesus, verse 7 of 2 Timothy 2 says, reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this, is, let's look for that insight. Is there anything in your life that affects your faithfulness to the Lord? Is there a resistance to suffering or an attraction to what makes us feel good or look good or to be somebody, or are we running from a Goliath in our lives? For any of us who has that as an issue, go ahead and raise your hand. Nobody's, nobody else is looking. Or do you resist authority and have difficulty playing by the rules? You have a problem uh, submitting to authority. If that's a problem, then you can go, ahead, go ahead and raise your hand. What about being impatient, unwilling, to delay gratification? If that's a problem with you, go ahead and raise your hand. To be a faithful follower of Christ who embodies the character of we went over, we must keep in the forefront of our minds the fact that Jesus loved us, God loved us so much that he gave his son Jesus to die for our sins. That has to be at the core of our beliefs, the core of who we are, in order to be a faithful follower of Christ. Lord God, I pray that today's message will help us to remember that you have chosen disciples, and you've chosen them, not because of the talent and gifts that they have, although you give those to, but because they are faithful. Lord, help us to be faithful to the day we die. We look forward to the day when we see you and we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being faithful even when we're not, and for setting the example for us as to what faithfulness is. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.